Good afternoon, everybody. It's Thursday again. We love it. How are we doing? Hi, Dave. Hey, Jamie. Good to see hey, you. Dave. Great to see you. <laughs> I actually saw you at like five o'clock this morning in a very weary-eyed uh, hour-long. But we didn't meeting. see we, each other. It was, it was we listened to each other. We listened to each other. Yeah. It's what we do. We work hard around here, but it is a, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. And this is one of the highlights of the week, and we get to kind of get together and bring on a, a very cool guest and have a good time talking about banjos. And um, we've got some really cool guests coming up over the next few weeks um, and actually months. We're actually looking out into April right now. So we've got some, some new guests and some repeat guests bringing all their wisdom and knowledge. But today we have a first time guest to the show. Um, it's none other than Mr. Victor Furtado. Um, now, most of you are probably here because you know of him, or maybe you're just curious, but Victor is an incredible claw hammer player. Um, he has a really deep knowledge and respect of the old-time tradition, but he really does bring um, a lot of new techniques and a lot of twists um, to this kind of modern acoustic space. It's very exciting to watch, just kind of watching him in soundcheck just a second ago in our green room area. And... Um, it's, it's really cool. I'm very excited to, to, to listen to him and, and see what he can do. Um, he's currently a junior, we just established, at uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Um, has won numerous awards for his work, uh, including the 2019 Steve Martin Prize for banjo. Um, and we are really excited to feature him today. Please welcome Mr. Victor Furtado. There he Thank is. You. Hey, Victor. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. You are in your dorm room, I think, right? I'm in my house in Boston. In your house? Very yes, cool. I graduated from the dorm room. Oh, very good. <laughs> Congratulations. It's a big step up. We like it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for doing this. We're, we're really excited to have you. And uh, Thank you for inviting me. I'm stoked to be on here. And I don't think I can see who's on yet or how many people, but hello. That's a good amount. We've got about uh, somewhere in the realm of about 50 or so. So they'll tune right. in. We are at the later time today because I know we, you had class today. So we, we started a little later than normal, but we, uh, we had to make it so you could be on. We wanted to make it work. So uh, we'll see how long the guys overseas stay up because we do get a lot of guys in, uh, in the UK, especially tuning in. Oh, so man. It's, get, it's getting late over there now. You know, <laughs> I was actually wondering if you were in the UK because I saw the flag in the back. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I hope See? I'm not keeping you up, man. <laughs> uh, it's no, I'm in San Diego. It's four o'clock here. It's later where Dave is right now, but we do, yeah. we definitely do have uh, so Julie and Alan and all the uh, the guys who check in normally. Hi, guys. Um, they're in uh, they're in the UK, yeah. so it's it's got to be uh, what is that? A it's course. midnight. I'm it's thinking in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Let's get, so uh, let's get to some music. Let's give them at least give them a little song before they have to go to sleep. So. Um, <laughs> You want to kick off with a little tune for us? Yeah, I'll kick off with a little tune. All right, what do you got? I'm going to play an original tune called Hide and Seek, which was named by um, Dory Freeman's daughter. And Dory Freeman is an amazing songwriter that I get to play with. And she just recently put out an album that I'm on a little bit of. Okay. Anyway, we were playing Hide and Seek. I couldn't come up with a name, so <laughs> She's, she just said, how about Hide and Seek? <laughs> awesome. Thank you. 
was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> there was how many sections was that? Was that five sections, or were there even more? <laughs> With the mistakes, I think you could probably make it into five. That supposed to be three. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> and the the top of the A section it sounded like a tune. Another tune. Was it inspired by something? What's that? Am I hearing? The top of the A section sounded like a tune that I I I knew. I can't place the name of it, but was it inspired by something? Yeah, that, um, definitely some of like Django Reinhardt. Um, yeah, Hamilton de Holanda, Holanda. Right. Um, I think if you take each of like the fragments, the melodic fragments, you could it could it's totally a tune that has been written, like. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the good thing about music you, you can break it all apart you know there's only 12 to 12 notes so, so it's, they've all yeah. been written but yeah back together in different ways cool well let's talk a little bit about your your history to kind of for people that aren't that familiar with you um just uh you know you i know you you know how grew up in a family of musicians you know we've had your sister gina on the show as well um and so why'd you choose the to play going the claw hammer route instead of the three finger route you know not to follow you know your big sisters uh, <laughs> um that's a good question um the first festival that i went to was galax fiddler's convention mm-hmm. and that had a mix of bluegrass and old time and like you said my older sister gina plays bluegrass style and I think when my brother Joe was about 17, he started playing old time Phil because he heard a really awesome old time group at, at Galax. And then when I was about eight, I went to old, uh, to Clifftop, which is a festival in West Virginia. And that's like 90% old time. And I really liked the old time claw hammer sound. I just remember being like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to learn. <laughs> so I just, uh, I got really into it. When I was eight and then nine, I started playing. Right. What do you think it was in, in that old time sound that kind of drew you in? Like now that, you know, you, you, you at the beginning, you, we wouldn't know, but now that you kind of know the, you know, the, the musical terminology and maybe you, what, what, what was it there? Was it the rhythm or just mm-hmm. the energy? Yeah. You said it, the rhythm for sure. Um, Kind of the atmosphere or the um, the context of which it is played. And it's just very fun music. And when I explain the difference between bluegrass and old time to people that don't aren't really familiar, I, I like to say that old time, um, let's see, old time was, it's like bluegrass, but before the radio. <laughs> uh, right. right. <laughs> um, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, it's just very fun, and um, it's kind of trancey, and the sound of it, just yeah, kind of the like energy of it, it just keeps going around and around. And what what I just played wasn't really old time, right. but right. I it's uh, I started with old time. And I still do the old time right hand technique for the most part. And did you have a teacher when you're young or did you just learn from, from your siblings and, and whatnot? Um, I would say the first concrete learning I did was from a instructional DVD um, called the Murphy method. Yep. And the teacher was Lynn Morris. And so you learned from from the beginning from the Murphy method to Mur- right. Murphy method to, to to play by to play by ear more than than by tab, right? Uh, yeah, I actually still don't really do tab, but right. I'll get into more of that later. But um, I I did the Murphy method, and that explained how to do the basic bum ditty, mm-hmm. and and then it taught like six tunes. So I learned all those tunes. And that gave me my foundation. And then from there, I just been around music so much. And then I started learning by learning tunes by ear and by just watching other people at festivals in a jam circle. Right. Yeah. 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 
And and when you're learning a tune by ear, but you didn't like have it all, like how'd you kind of figure it out? What you just kind of knew, like you know, it kind of went here, but you didn't. Did you did you take recordings and slow it and 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 check and you know transcribe recordings like that? And uh, or did you just just keep kind of playing with people and kind of figure out different parts at by asking questions and things? Um. I think there was the tunes that I would learn from the instructional DVD. And I had that note for note because I learned it like with the hand positioning and all that. But most of the tunes that I play and know, I kind of might not be, but it might not be perfect. Like it's by ear and it's kind of just an interpretation. And I think, yeah, I think that's big in old time. It's like everything is kind of interpretation. Though right. it is it is definitely fun and cool to do note for note. But it's like normally the fiddle is has its own melody and then the banjo doesn't follow everything precise. Right. Precisely. It's less it's less than like bluegrass banjo where everybody's trying to play exactly note for note what Earl Scruggs did or JD Crow did or something like that. Yeah. I guess like, we don't really have somebody like that in the clawhammer world. <laughs> Those recordings are very early, the you know, the really rustic recordings if you're listening to you know you know the real deal players yeah i think it's impossible (laughs) because they just they weren't specific about it and low quality recording but i did do a lot of um i did do a lot of listening to adam hurt Mm -hmm. when i was around you know that that definitely developed my playing to more what it is now with the melodic style and when I was like 12, I just listened to his, a few of his albums, like Perspectives was a big one. And I would just listen to it in the car all the time. And right. I'd figure out what he was doing as best as I could. Nice. It was, I was totally obsessed. Like when I was nine, I remember waking up like, <laughs> and the first thing I would do is play the banjo. I was so stoked. And like, I wish <laughs> I could, <laughs> I wish I had that energy now. I mean, I'm kind of amazed at my child self i was like i'd play like eight hours a day that's awesome and then you had your family your siblings to play with too right yeah a lot of them were moved out by the time i was more older you know like starting are you the youngest or one of the youngest yeah i'm the youngest out of nine children okay all right (laughs) so they weren't around all the time to to, to play to jam with like all the time not really no um, my older sister, the one right above me, I play with her a lot. She plays bass okay. and guitar mostly. So we would go Did to festivals. Do you play with at the time? Yeah, one of my best friends, um, Andrew Vokes, amazing fiddler. I met him yeah. when I was about eleven or something, maybe ten. Actually, probably ten. At a, we went to tons of fiddlers' conventions. My dad would take us all around the East Coast. Like every summer, just dozens and dozens of festivals as much as we could. Mm-hmm. And there would be, yeah, there was definitely like a good group of kids that were doing the same thing. Um, the band that I play with now, the Wildmans, Eli and Isla Wildman. I met them when I was about 12 at Galax Fiddlers. Okay. And it's just this community. I mean, that's what this music is about. Yeah. Yeah. It's- and how important, I just stress this to students all the time and people learning like that you've got to play with other people. How, how important do you think that is to, to, to when you're, especially when you're learning to just play? How? When you're learning, so important. Yeah. And I think we're always learning. So yeah. Uh, to listen, to listen and play with other people. Yeah. You can, I mean, I spend a lot of time playing with people and then a lot of time not, you know, just playing by myself and messing around. Mm-hmm. And I think it's both. Both is good. Depends on what you want to do. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, you know, your friend Andrew and uh, <laughs> that there's that video of y'all uh, um, playing the Berkeley video, Ghost on Hippie Hill, and that, that recording you put out. Um, What's the, the, the what's the name of the recording? Oh, the psycho exploding orangutans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't know you knew this much. 
<laughs> but I uh, do my homework. But uh, it's a great, it's a great recording, and uh, it's and so the video funny. Is, is, is bad. Um, Artists, so you, musicians, just putting this stuff out, and then <laughs> people know people everything. Hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so y'all been playing for a long time though together. You didn't yeah. meet at Berkeley or anything? No, no. Uh, me and Andrew, we met at Berlin Fiddlers Convention in Maryland. And I was 10, and he was maybe 9, and my sister maybe 12. And I remember um, we, me and my sister were sitting on a hay bale, and we were like, man, it'd be cool to do the band competition, but we just have us two. And then Andrew comes up, <laughs> and uh, he's probably wearing shorts and green cowboy boots and big, <laughs> big afro. <laughs> and he comes up and... Okay, so he denies the story, but me and my sister both remember it clearly. So it's two against one. Anyways, he comes up, kneels down in front of us, and he's like, um, do you guys want to be in my band? And we're like, oh, yeah, definitely. And we're like, who's in your band? And he's like, um, uh, you guys and me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, yeah, and that name, right, we evolved our name. That first name was the Greasy Fish Faces. Don't ask me why. Okay. <laughs> and we evolved it to the Psycho Exploding Orangutans. Are y'all still playing together? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not as frequently. But um, when you have a band name like that, you can only imagine the type of stuff that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely you hear the you hear you know like the Rashad Eggleston sort of influences in 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 those that that those were that recording definitely very good. Um, did you can you just tell or or had I like said that on some interview from ten years ago? <laughs> no, I, I, I know I've, I've met Rashad before. I've played with him once. Oh, you yeah, met him? He, yeah, we played years ago at um uh, at a Katrina um, benefit thing, but um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's 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 an incredible musician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys have to check out Rashad Eggleston. Um, definitely, when I was like seventeen, like especially like not that I don't love him now, but especially when I was like seventeen, I was just obsessed. I just like watched every video I could and was just like blown away and his music and just his like artistry and like how outside of the box he was. I loved it. Yeah, he's he's for everybody. He's a cellist. Um, he, he plays guitar too, but mainly known for his celloist and playing with um, uh, what's the band out of Boston? But you know, Crooked, Crooked Still. Still. Yeah, my yeah. banjo teacher actually here, Greg List. Yeah, Greg is is now the the uh, the banjo chair at uh, Berkeley, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how is it at Berkeley in this, you know, in this, what have you learned while, while being at, at Berkeley and, and um, how have you grown as a musician, do you think? Um, there's been a lot of more academic challenges and like kind of like, it's hard to explain really, but not as much playing for me. <laughs> I do take private lessons. I'm learning tunes with Greg List, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of, you know, I take liberal arts here. The class I was just in was an aesthetics philosophy class. Okay. Um, but we do ear training, which is where I have to listen to stuff. That's one of my favorite classes. Listen to some notes and then be able to write it down accurately on sheet music. Mm hmm uh, that's one of the big takeaways. Harmony. I, I actually, like I, I mentioned that I mostly just learned by ear. So when I got here, I didn't know how to read music or write music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to say I didn't know how to read or write, but that might, you know. <laughs> 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 I could do that um, English. <laughs> and a no problem. Of, you got, you got English down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think anyways. Um yeah, so that, that that's tough going into you know music school not having the kind of the the basics of of you know Western music um, theory, mm -hmm. 
of, of, of writing, you know, writing notes and, you know, and things like that. Yeah. How did you get, how did you get over that when thrown into a, when thrown into a, you know, a high, high level music school? Yeah, I kind of got, well, I actually, just before Berkeley, I, I studied with a teacher in Floyd, Virginia, David Oakes, who taught me a little bit about reading and, um, I, I did a little bit there. So I had a little bit, just like a few months of reading the notes and writing key signatures but yeah it's definitely challenging and still i'm like if i had learned when i was a kid like my bandmates did it would be a lot easier because still i'm like trying to when it gets way up above the <laughs> the lines on the this the sheet music i'm like oh, well, eft <laughs> right, right, yeah. but um but yeah no harmony it's cool it's a little bit of a challenge because it's like just to intellectualize it because for me, it's just about the feeling and the sound and and music is just about the fun, too. So it's kind of hard, honestly, to deal with the just intellectual mm-hmm. aspect to it only and getting, you know, having to like, I don't know, just the grades is like just having to like work for like doing something that used to be only fun, pretty much. And I don't know, right. <laughs> it was pretty much only fun for me. I just... I just, it's very specific what I do and it's not like, like it's definitely like challenging, but it never felt like work before. Right. Well, obviously yeah. now I'm like playing more gigs. So it's actually more business, a little bit of that. Right. Yeah. Has some of the harmony, your, your knowledge of harmony and, and, you know, advanced like time signatures and, and things like that been able to, seep into your plane into your compositional compositions that you write or anything like that yeah i mean it's weird like when i think about it like i honestly feel like that it's a little bit separate as far as the feeling of playing it and hearing it compared to like analyzing it and i'm not the type to sit there and be like oh well i can do this because this chord can replace this chord and like i don't like map it out like mm-hmm. they kind of teach us how to do here at berkeley right, right. they're like oh well, yeah so and i'm sure i have improved like like being able to hear these harmonies and being aware of them mm-hmm. but um i think like I can't say it. I feel like it has that much directly um, expanded my kind of writing of tunes or playing. I've learned skills, but it doesn't feel different than how it did before, how I was learning kind of. But I think after, you know, graduating a lot of things that it was like, it's like a lot coming at me. And I think a lot of Berkeley right. students feel that it's like, whoa. I think it'll kind of like seep in over time. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like learning a language. It's like learning anything, you know, it, it, as long as you keep working at it and don't just, it will, it will, it will kind of come over time, you know, Mm -hmm. but but you do need to keep working at it. You can't just like say, Oh, I went to music school and then forget everything and just go back to playing old time tunes. Um, you, You but if you keep working, keep working at it and don't get too heady about it, it will seep in, definitely seep, continually seep in. But you won't notice it unless 10 years later you listen to a recording of yourself or something like that. It's like when yeah. you're improving on an instrument, you know, you don't really see the progression, but then you look back and you're like, well, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, a lot. sometimes I'm just like, why? I'm like, I could just be not spending this money living in Boston, <laughs> doing all this work. <laughs> I could just be learning and like maybe being more creative with more time. But I, at the yeah. same time, it's like, I can't really see how I'm progressing as clearly as I might be able to in the future or as somebody else right. would be able to, but definitely lots of information and lots of cool stuff that I'm way into. So, you know, well, do you want to play another tune for us? Yeah, yeah, I'll play another tune. Um, I think I'm going to do an old-time tune, because first I did the original. I'm going to do this old-time tune. And I'm kind of, you know, I like to improvise a lot 
a lot of the time when I play, I just pick up and kind of noodle. But I like to think there's some structure and some some content in there where that's worth listening to. <laughs> so, but I'm going to try to do that a little bit with this old time tune. Cool. Um, What's yeah. this called? This tune is called Sadie at the Back Door. Good, good old, um, old time friend of mine. Luke Barnhill taught this to me. It's probably about 12. Is that in standard G tuning or was what was in a different tuning? This is um double C. Double C. Yeah. So E C G C G. And is do you like is double C to your favorite t- tuning? Do you have a favorite tuning or what are some I'm, I'm most proficient in double C. Okay. For, for example, all of the harmony stuff I learned. I would like I played in double C. Oh really? Wow. Which is weird, I know. It's a weird, it's a weird tuning for playing, especially for playing deeper harmony. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I just <laughs> I just do it. Yeah. I'm I'm the other way. I you know, I play G, but if double C I'll play tunes, but not really knowing <laughs> the fingerboard, you know. Yeah. Um, we have a we have a, a question from a regular a uh, couple of questions from a regular um, viewer Joseph Brosk. Uh, one, he's asking, is there such a thing as new old uh, as a new old time song? Can one write an old time song today? What characteristics should it have? I would say absolutely. Um, a lot of people have new old time tunes. It's a lot of great ones. I think old time is alive and it's always it's always alive. I mean, we have to preserve the old tunes, but we can't just stick with the old tunes. That's my perspective. Because if we just stick with the old tunes, it's never it's just it's not alive. You need to keep it alive. Um 
characteristics. If it sounds like old time, I mean, it, like you know, there's not really soloing on old time, it, and there's a, it's a broad variety of melodies. It doesn't have to be major or minor necessarily. Um, just a, it's kind of hard to say, but if it sounds like old time, then it probably is. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a good, good way, but uh, I like what I really like. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I mean, it's not necessarily um, one or the other. I mean, a lot of bluegrass. There's bluegrass that's like old time bluegrass, and then there's old time that's like um, bluegrass old time, and then it's just a big yeah. spectrum. And one time I was in this class here, American Roots Survey, and I play this tune called Betty Baker, and um, I was doing a little presentation on the history of the banjo. And I, I was watching some Moroccan band play, which I could probably find the link if anybody wants it. I can't remember right now, but it was like the same tune and it's this Moroccan band <laughs> totally. And it's not old time, but I mean, same melody. So it's, it's cool. That's what I like about old time and music in general. So. I really like what you said about you, about keeping it alive about you know writing new tunes and putting new energy in it because a lot of times in traditional music of all styles not just old time or bluegrass it could be traditional jazz or whatever people are get so stuck on making it sound like you know this recording from the 20s or whatever and and it kind of it kind of dies the energy kind of dies so so that was that was really, a really good way of putting it um yeah, there seems to be people that go note for note to the old recordings. And I do that a little bit, but we have to be thankful for those type of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a hard balance. It's, it's a balanced of a pain, which, which, you know, we said at the top of the show, you know, you, you have a great balance of, of knowing and respecting the, the tradition, but also being innovative and doing, adding different rhythmic things, strumming the banjo, you know, adding different finger picking techniques. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it was tough past few years with the festivals being canceled. Mm -hmm. um, lucky to have a group of people at home that I was able to jam with. So super, super, super grateful for that. But yeah. Are you starting to play our gigs coming back on online for you? Not online um, on, on website, but I'm saying I'm gigs happening again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, we've been having gigs. We're playing gigs up here in the Northeast. Um, we're gonna go to Colorado in the summer. We did that last summer. Went to Colorado, and yeah, there's been some good stuff, and just taking it as we go. And in Boston, is there still really good uh, like string band scene? coming especially like there was for a long time like at the cantab lounge and in uh, cambridge all those places in cambridge on mass did you hear that the cantab shut down i thought i did hear that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so sad um but they reopened under okay. a new, new owner i think but i think they're doing the same thing i haven't been yet okay um yeah a lot of the people that i was personally close to left i was um me and Eli Wildman, obviously, we are um, playing together, and we were rooming with Sam Leslie, and he's a great uh, musician, old-time musician, or everything musician, so string band musician. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some, like we mentioned a, quick, a little bit about your kind of some techniques that innovative techniques that you have and it's um what are some what are can you kind of sh talk about some of the things that you do that's different than your just very traditional you know claw hammer player yeah yeah i could talk for many hours i'm a banjo nerd guilty as charged <laughs> you're at the right place then <laughs> um yeah there's so many things i mean not only just techniques but like just getting into like the strumming pattern 
sometimes I'll just play like one pattern for like hours and it's like meditating or something. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. something I want to like kind of figure out how I want to share that with people and, you know, just kind of like look into that. So that side topic techniques. Yeah. So basically we have the bum ditty. That's the basic pattern. It goes bum ditty, bum ditty. Mm-hmm. drop thumbing and then there's double thumbing and then that is kind of like the basic um springboard for which i discovered many things through the desire to play more complicated things and being like well this is the style that i play i don't want to learn a new style just to play this tune you know or whatever this this uh musical expression so an example of that would be like a syncopated um basically a syncopation by skipping the downbeat and just doing the thumb so we have the downbeat here you just skip that and do it with your thumb instead and it's on the um upbeat And then from there, you can create polyrhythms. Um, so that's something I like to do a lot. It's like one of the main like discoveries that I don't know when I figured that out. Um, but you can create a lot of patterns that are like in a fiddle. Like, for example, um, this classic kind of... So, I mean, you round it out to put it in four. But that's based on this polyrhythm. And if you if you don't round it out and you just play that, you're now in like three or some divis- something that's like three or six. So a little trick I like to do sometimes to kind of like disorient you is um, to end a tune. And um, yeah. it just goes on. There's um, that tune that I played to start. Um, that features this offbeat um, syncopation done with the drop thumb. So that's taking this thing that we do in... Um, old time a lot you just do the drop them but a lot of that old time is more straight so i just take the drop thumb and kind of rearrange it and then i have this now i'm able to play this kind of like whatever yeah. kind of rhythm that is kind of more latin sound or um django django gypsy yeah, jazz a more syncopated sort of sort of melody and is yeah. the thumb playing so the thumb is still always playing an upbeat the thumb's never playing a downbeat there yeah it's because even in a standard claw hammer the thumb is always playing an upbeat the, f- the finger is playing the downbeat yeah and They're actually just only... erasing that note right yeah there's a lot of things it's so deep there's so many things like on this thing There's only one down strike that I'm, I'm just now realizing that because there I'm hammering on onto that fifth fret mm-hmm. and then the drop thumb on that note. Um, upbeat with the finger <laughs> that's kind of mm-hmm. more dangerous territories <laughs> do you use sometimes more than one finger yeah 
and then there's clucking which i do like to put two fingers together and roll off your fingernail onto the skin right the clucking you, I used to be a mystery but until i started playing more electric guitar it's like oh it's kind of the same as doing a false harmonic on electric guitar when yeah. you turn the pick sideways and it's really that's what you're doing yeah it's so cool and i didn't really i think richie stern's one of my favorite climber players um i started i was listening to him and i heard like the pitch of the cluck changing i was like what the because you're hearing like the melody and then like the pitch of this cluck shifting around and sometimes if you hit it just right you can get it in tune Are you using? We have Alan Jones asking, are you sticking with your first or your middle finger mainly? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Both. Usually at a festival, my fingernail on my first finger will get too short until it's painful, and then I'll switch to the middle and then that's... have that a day. And then maybe my fingernail on the index will have grown yeah. out. <laughs> but that's, that's what um, I did too. I, 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 I you know, wear one nail through and then go to the other like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just switch too. Like maybe on the first string, I like to use the middle sometimes. So that's like middle index. So I use both answer. Very good. I keep giving these. <laughs> no, they're they're fantastic. They're good. They're great. They're great answers. You're giving a lot of great information. Um, we have a question from Carolina Schott saying, oh, "What hey, do you Carolina. think of?" You, it's Carolina. You, you know, you it's Carolina. It. Sorry, Carolina. That's my girlfriend. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, she's also what do you think of when you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think of when I'm playing? Oh, I think of a lot of things. It's kind of a personal question. <laughs> I think, I think um, there's one actually, right answer you should have right That's answer. pretty hard. I don't know if I'm thinking of anything because I'm meditating. <laughs> but some things kind of gets, you know, on stuck on my mind. And then I'm thinking about those things. Let's see. Um it's the the meditation part of it is is a good point because you know, I know for myself when I'm like a stressful, I'm stressed out, and then I go play, just play music just at, around the house. It it just all kind of goes away. So that's kind of work out for you too. Yeah, totally. Well, usually, um, I don't know. It's such a broad spectrum. Sometimes I'm. It's kind. Of, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's a broad spectrum. How how so? What 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 else happens? Well, I don't know. I have to try. What what? Tell me what to think of, and then I'll try. Because right now I'm not thinking of anything. The thinking of nothing is, is is the good part because you can totally relax your brain. I'm thinking of Carolina this time. <laughs> Whatever I want. We, <laughs> um, well, we have another question from Lori Schroeder. She says, Hello, thank you for the show. I am taking my first claw hammer lesson tomorrow with Aubrey Atwater. What advice do you have for me? I am a novice player. Thank you. Oh, great. Nice to. Nice to see you, Lori. Um, I would say, number one, have fun. Number two, don't judge yourself. And number three, don't think too hard when you're playing. Let the rhythm just, and yeah, and don't stop. Like, don't think, and don't, if you mess up, you don't have to stop. You just keep going. That's good advice. That stopping thing is a thing that I see with beginners a lot. They'll get, they'll play and mess up and stop, and then start again. 
and play mess up and stop mm-hmm. I'm like well you got to just learn to you know if you're walking you don't just fall down if you like to, you know you have to keep going you have to keep the rhythm going exactly um we have another question from joseph ross he's asking is that a calfskin head if so what are the advantages i've heard horror stories about the durability of them from the old days <laughs> what's up joseph this is a goat skin um it's it actually holds up to the weather quite well it will get a little uh it will stretch with the humidity a little bit and at times i haven't had the tool <laughs> to tighten right. it back but it's usually fine it's never gotten to the point where i can't play it the pros about it i think it just i think it sounds better for me on this banjo i mean i think it just sounds good it might ring might be a little louder this is a pretty thin one i think it depends on which which one it is or like you know a lot of factors but i like it i personally like it what do you look for in the in the in the tone of a of a good claw hammer banjo and what are what it like especially <laughs> comparing it to like a a bluegrass style banjo um uh there i have like six banjos (laughs) (laughs) Um, what's your go-to banjo is this your go-to banjo that you have yes this is my go-to okay and is that i can't tell the the rim diameter is it 12 inch or 11 inch (laughs) 12 inch yes okay i like so what do you you like kind of a, a, a a deeper um sort of um mm-hmm. less bright sound i like the plunky plunky deep sound um that the 12 inch gives you along with that i also wanted some bright crispness for mm-hmm. and so for that i did a dobson tone ring okay and you can see a and is the rim a block rim is it a or is it a is it a cur is it a, a multiplier rim yeah it's block okay yeah so okay and then you are muting it with a, with a sock in there yeah and i go back and forth on my preference with that always um if this if is you're a, playing in a band like situation you really want to be or at a jam at a festival do you, do you like to take the sock out to get just more projection uh yes sometimes yeah, yeah for sure and then i see you have a pickup in there what pickup do you have in there this is the myers feather pickup great choice i think it's like maybe two hundred dollars and I have a volume little thing here. Wow. Just got a zip tied in. It's basically like a DPA. Sounds great. So. Okay. It's it's a basically is a basically a piezo pickup that's connected. Oh uh, no, it's right. actually not a pickup. It's a mic. Oh, it's a mic. Okay. A little gotcha. mic. Yeah. You can see right there. Ah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, pickup. I don't. I can't stand a pickup on a claw hammer. Yeah. Like it just it because you put it on the bridge, and then your banjo sounds like it's suffocating to me. <laughs> right, right, right. So, what are some other banjos that you have that you like? I have a Neckville electric banjo called the Meteor. And when do you use the electric? Um, for effects and things like that. Yeah, for effects, I have like a loop pedal. Um. Sometimes I do it like if I play with like drums and bass, I'll pull that out because you can't, you just can't with this. So it's good for when there's loud environments. And do you like kind of a, a little bit of a higher action than a, say a bluegrass banjo? Do you find to, to get more projection or so? Or I guess like it's low. I like probably. Pretty low. This is pretty low. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of hard to show, but yeah, yeah. It's pretty low, but it's, it has the scoop. 
so you can see how like the neck, the finger word is higher up because of the scoop. Yep. So that makes it so that there's more space between the string and the head or the scoop. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really different about the old time and bluegrass banjo. So that there's that space you can dig in. So I can still have a lot of space and low action because of that. Right, right, right. right. And what, what high bridge are you using, do you know? This is just the um, whatever um, Dean, Dean Robinson made this banjo. Mm -hmm. His company is called Dino Craft. And this is just the type of bridge he makes. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it has a name, Dino Craft yeah. Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your band, the the Wildmans. How'd that all come about? You've known them for a long time. It's, 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 it's how many? It's a trio. It's a trio. Is the core, and then we like have bass players that we hire, and we don't really have a set bass player. Right now, our, the bass player we were playing with was also a Berkeley student. He's back home in Canada. It's Jack Davies. Um, yeah, we've been playing for a long time. I met them in 2012, maybe. Yeah. But I had been seeing them at Fiddler's conventions for a while. Um, and when I was 17, I moved in with their family, and I helped them like renovate this little cabin on their property. And that's where I live in Virginia. Nice. And so now I'm 22. So it's been a while. And I, and that's when I joined their band. I basically moved to North Carolina when I was 17 in with old time musicians. So literally like old time is like such a big part of my life. Cause like I moved to North Carolina when I was 17 and with these old time musician friends that were very generous to offer me to their space. Mm -hmm. and then i just started hanging out with the wildmans like every weekend <laughs> and on i'd be sleeping over like three nights <laughs> and one day i was just yeah we just decided like hey we have this they're like this this cabin i was like yeah let's let's fix it up and they're like yeah you should just like honestly just stay here as long as you want <laughs> fast forward five years <laughs> i'm still there playing with them and yeah we've gone all around playing lots of gigs Lots of fun stuff. Well, that recording, the most recent recording, just self-titled The Wildmans. That's the most recent, correct? That's the most recent one, yeah. But yeah, however, it's, it's, um, um, that one's pretty old, though. I mean, it's like 2019, I think we did that. You're working on something else right now? Yeah, we were going to do one, but then plans got wished and washed as they have been for everybody. <laughs> so yeah hopefully this summer we're gonna kind of figure out how we're gonna um produce that but we're yeah we're working on one and, and you have the a lot of the songs are all the songs original generally for these um recordings or are you doing some traditionals as well um we did about half and half last time okay and probably something similar to that and not necessarily just traditional too. I mean, we're kind of getting into a lot of different styles and it's fun to always experiment. We're in Virginia where where you get where you live close to um Nick Falk and Dory Freeman. Nick oh. Falk plays the drums so well. So you know, we can get a lot of different sounds and Eli bought an electric bass. You know, we have a few electric guitars, <laughs> got the fiddles, the banjos. <laughs> yeah. It's infinite. <laughs> it sounds it sounds fantastic. It it reminds me a lot of the mammals or um, the is it the dukes or the ducks? I oh, yeah. that band name. I forgot. I don't know uh, them. It's, it's, Shit. D u h k s. But uh, it's in oh. that it's that's in that um, in that in that vein of kind of you know <laughs> old time old time roots, but uh, but original music. I mean and. Cool. Uh, americana coming out um definitely we'll keep the old time rolling and um yeah 
lucky to have grown up in that as children, you know, and feels pretty still. It's just like at the center. Well, it's been great having you on the show. We're getting to the top of the hour, but I do want to bring in, um, bring Jamie, uh, Jamie Laddie back in because he's monitoring some chat, the chat. From different wow, we've been places. on for an hour. That's awesome. How, uh, how many people are on now? Have we, have we gone like this? <laughs> five, no, I'll tell you what's been to say. 5,000, no. Um, uh, somewhere in the region of about 60 to 70 consistently across the board. People nice. going in and out. Which is pretty That's 1,000, cool. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. um, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, that was fascinating to listen to. And Joseph, I want to, I want to just shout out Joseph one more time. Um, Brusque, he made a comment there uh, towards the end. says, um, it's so reassuring to hear these great banjo players saying the same thing. I often just sit and mess around with the banjo. And he says, when I do that, I thought I was wasting my time. And apparently I'm not. And <laughs> well, I, I mean, I couldn't I mean, agree more. Right? Like, to I, sometimes kind of, I ask myself the same thing. But, but it's, it's just you're, you're constantly kind of driving in kind of what you've got in your head. Yeah. And those kind of like half hour on the couch or just kind of just noodling on, on nothing in particular is, is, is helping you like just kind of create what you're trying to create in a way, whether it's kind of refining a technique or whether it's trying to piece together a, a song. I know for me, like <laughs> some of my greatest songs, no, some, of, some of the things I've enjoyed, <laughs> I've come up with the most have just been as a result of just kind of sitting there and repeating it the whole time. And it's just kind of eventually come to a point where it's like, oh, that's really cool. That's where I wanted to get to. So um, that's really good. But that was fascinating to listen to. Um, Victor, that was great. Uh, I, we did, um, for those of you who may have seen it already, we, um, we had Victor create a little uh, Spotify playlist for everybody. Um, that is on <laughs> the, the Deering Spotify. I'm going to throw the link down here in the chat right now um, so you can grab that um, and take a listen. It's got a few of your, uh, your favorite tracks and then a handful of your own um, tracks that people can grab and listen to as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. It's yeah. a lot of stuff. Gotta love Spotify sometimes. I'm not the biggest fan, but I appreciate this little feature. I think it's great. So <laughs> I didn't have to. Yeah, I had somebody else put my music on there, so I'm showing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you can buy my album. You know, you can just give me any money that you have extra. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I got albums out. I'll personally mail you one if I can find one. No, actually, do have them. <laughs> you have CDs. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. CDs. Uh, what a, I, somebody handed me a CD the other day, and I just, I, it took me a minute to <laughs> remember like, that I yeah. had one in my car, but I don't have any. Right, I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> my kids don't even know what they are. It's like, what is that? <laughs> Where's the phone? But, uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to, like, last, last thoughts um, that you want to share with us before we sign off for the evening? I know it's getting pretty late there right now. Um, um, is there a time to play more? Uh, we're, gonna, definitely. we're definitely going to have your little uh, little outro here, but uh, if you've got anything you want to plug, uh, I think Spotify, right? Your tunes are up there. Let um, oh. me throw the website up there as well. That was for your band, right? For the Wildmans. Yeah. Band's so. touring. Keep an eye out for that. We're going to yeah. be out in Colorado in the summer and around there on the West Coast a little bit. Playing the awesome. Northeast a lot. Um, I teach lessons. Um cool. Do you like do it in person or do you do it digital as well? For I do both. I love in person. But and I how both. could uh, people contact you for, for lessons? You can contact me through my email. It's victorfurtadobanjo at gmail.com. Um, Perfect. I'm working, working on a Patreon page, which is basically going to be like lessons, um, just a bunch of lessons, a bunch of tunes, bunch of techniques and we'll definitely love to see y'all on there um yeah find my music you just look up my name on google i have lots of youtube videos um it's tons yeah follow me on instagram (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) can i ask one more question before we head out i was trying to work out when you were talking about the um was it the cluck technique 
Yeah, the clip. I've not heard of that before. Could you, <laughs> could you maybe demonstrate and break it down real quick? Because I was, I was fascinated by that. Yeah, I wonder if it's like evolved through the um, through people being around chickens. Probably. Well, you got what's Imitation. the um, what's the guitar technique? It's like the chicken picking, right? It's a, it's a, oh yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds like chicken, right? It's like buck a cow, buck a Cluck. I'm gonna put the sock in for your <laughs> for your own safety. Jonathan, throw him full screen. <laughs> Let's see. Um, basically, I kind of put these two fingers together like that, and I'm putting a pretty straight angle, pretty um parallel with the strings and I think what happens is it slides off the fingernail and then kind of onto the skin on the side of the fingernail okay. also it could be sliding off onto the next fingernail which would be sliding from the middle to the index and then you just get this rhythmic thing So okay, so now that's like what Dave was saying when he was talking about uh, like a pinched harmonic or the um, yeah, false harmonic. Yeah, yeah try to uh, false harmonic. Sorry, that. false harmonic. Awesome. Well, that was great. Thank you for for showing that. I I wanted to get a closer look. That's cool. Um, David, any final thoughts before we uh, invite uh, Young Victor to play us out? No, just thanks. Thanks for doing this. It's been great. Uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, meet in person sometime at a festival. Um, or something yeah. but it's great to hear you play and great to kind of get to know you a little bit yeah you too both of you guys all all three of you guys jonathan yeah, behind the scenes jonathan's in, oh let's let's quick let's fashion up ready jonathan, Bring jonathan for a second boom there he is hey jonathan there he is hello here i am <laughs> i was hiding thanks for everything you do sir I'm you away. hey you're welcome Thanks, bye buddy. straight out of the green room there <laughs> back in the green room save some snacks I know. Don't drink right? all the beer. Did you, did you get a beer while you're in a green room? Is that right? No. <laughs> we can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What are you gonna play for us on the on the way out here? I'm gonna play a Swedish polska, nice. Fredriksson, I believe. All I don't right. Know. Yeah, Lars Lars Fredriksson. Okay. Learned this from uh, Natalie Haas.